I have one word tonight for my title. It's the word Shekinah. Turn to somebody and say the word Shekinah. I don't know if you know what Shekinah means, or I don't know if you think you know what Shekinah means, but we're going to talk about a good Hebrew word tonight. It's one of those words also that's not in the Bible. There's a lot of words that are great words that are not in the Bible. If you look up the word Shekinah in the Bible, you won't find it because it's not there. The word Shekinah was created by rabbis to describe something in the Bible. And that's what we're gonna talk about tonight. A word, a descriptive word to describe something particular in the Bible that was so unique, they created this word which literally means to sit or to dwell, or it literally means he is here. So if you say Shekinah, it's not just a word that describes an event, it means what you just saw was him. He just walked in the room, and Shekinah means he is here, and not only is he here, he has sat down. So it just doesn't mean, it's when we talk about God is enthroned by the praises of Israel. So when you talk about Shekinah, you're not talking about just glory. You're not just talking about a presence. You're not talking about a feeling. You're saying God just walked in and sat down. And more than that, you can see him now. And that's what Shekinah means. So we're going to talk about that. And I want to walk you through the journey of the word Shekinah in the Bible. Now, I don't know if you're ready for the next move of God, but how many of you are ready for revival? Whether you're ready or not, it's coming. I'm telling you, there's a lot of churches aren't ready, and that's not going to stop God. Revival is coming. Not only is revival coming, the glory is coming. But when you look at the world, it does not look like revival is coming. It looks like the world is falling apart. How many of you agree that it looks like the world is falling apart? So let me start by talking about a passage in Hebrews chapter 12 about what you're seeing right now. This is more accurate than any news station you're following, I promise you. I don't know whose narrative you're reading because none of them agree, and you can choose which narrative you want to follow, and you're only going to believe what they tell you. But I promise you, what I'm about to tell you is more accurate than any news narrative in the world. Hebrews chapter 12, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Let me just ask you one question here. We know what it looks like when the earth gets shaken, but do you have any idea what it's going to look like when God starts shaking the heaven? He said, I'm not just going to shake the earth. I'm shaking. There's a shaking going on above the earth in the heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal. Everybody say removal. God is not destroying, God is removing. Some foundations are being destroyed on purpose because God is removing things. So it says, now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things which are being shaken as of the things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken may what? God is shaking. Don't you think this world is falling apart? God is just panning for gold. That's all that's going on. 
God is just panning for gold. He is shaking things up and sifting things because he's looking for something. What is God looking for? Hebrews 12 and 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that the one thing that cannot be shaken may remain. What you're seeing is the world system setting up for the Antichrist. That's what's going on right now. God is letting the world systems be exposed. They're shaken. People are losing confidence in them so that one thing can remain. The world is going down while the kingdom is going up. You're seeing the kingdom rising. So what you're seeing right now is a kingdom agenda of something that God has been prophesying for a long time, but don't get in fear that everything is going to fall apart. I get it. All the systems are failing. I get it. No one trusts anyone anymore. I get it. It looks like we live in a world of fake news and, and, and crooked politics and, and polarized opinions and everyone's got a chip on their shoulder and even one of the signs of the times in Matthew 24 not just with, with, earth, with, with earthquakes and famine and pestilence, you know what one of the signs of the time is? Everyone's going to get offended. How many of you know we're living there? Don't be surprised. It's a sign of the time. Don't be surprised at the homosexual agenda. The Bible already told us that's going to happen. You can't stop it. There's nothing you can do about it. It's going to be here when Jesus returns. All of these things that can be shaken are being shaken so that they can be exposed because God has got a plan. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world. God has a secret. God has a plan. He's getting ready to surprise you and he's getting ready to surprise the world. Don't you think for a minute that God is not in control. Don't give your mind over to every conspiracy theory. Don't give your mind over to everything that's being shaken. God is in control. God is still in control and God has a plan that's about to upset this world. Hallelujah. God is getting ready for a kingdom encounter. You may all, if all you see is the world shaking, get your eyes off of it. Get your eyes on the kingdom because the kingdom is rising. While the world shakes, the kingdom shifts. And there is a shift going on right now in the spirit room. How many of you can sense it happening? There is a shift going on right now. The spirit of God is about to visit planet earth in an unlikely way. The glory of God is about to be revealed in a way that we have not seen it in our lifetimes. What God has planned next is not a repeat of the healing revivals. It's not a, it's not a, a recap 
of the charismatic renewal, God is about to do a new thing, something this world has not seen, something that we won't even know how to call it, what to call it, because God is about to send revival in a way that we've never seen it before. Oh yes, we know how to have revival. We sing songs, we preach sermons, we have prayer lines. That's what we call revival. But this new revival is not gonna look like that at all. This last day revival is not going to depend upon anointing because there's a difference in God using anointing and God showing up in glory. When God uses anointing, that is God using spiritual gifts through men and women. We are anointed vessels. But in order for God to use the anointing, he has to use spilled out vessels, cracked pots. He has to use broken vessels. That's why God anoints you even though you're struggling. And that's why God anoints you even though you messed up. Because God has used the anointing through cracked pots and broken vessels in order to get his work done. But this next move of God is not going to be about anointing. It's going to be about glory. And no man can get the glory when God decides to operate in glory. Can I just let you in on a secret? This next move of God is not going to be centered around any personality or any church or any denomination. No one is going to be able to claim it because God is going to do it all by himself. God is going to visit us and do it without a preacher. There are going to be people get saved before a preacher ever opened his mouth. There are going to be people get healed before anyone ever unscrewed the bottle of oil. There are going to be singers slain in the spirit before they even open their mouth to sing the first note. You're going to see drummers falling off the drum stool. You're going to see guitar players laying on the floor with a guitar on top of them because it's not going to be about anointing. God is going to walk in and wreck the house all by himself and it's not going to matter what you prepared to preach. It's not going to matter what song you prepared to sing because it won't be about songs and it won't be about sermons. God is getting ready to do it all by himself and no one will get the credit when the glory comes. No one will get the credit when the glory comes. You see, here's the difference. The anointing drains you. The anointing pulls on you and drains you. So there is a difference in the anointing and the glory. There's a difference in the anointing because when the, when the anointing comes, it it makes you tired. You can leave a service where you preach and you feel like, you know, somebody did a study one time. They said any Pentecostal preacher who preaches a sermon, their body, it's equivalent in their physical body to digging a ditch for eight hours because they're so tired. They can't go to sleep. Anybody that knows what I'm talking about, when you go home, your brain won't shut off. You cannot, you cannot calm down. You're so tired. You're hyped up and you're so tired. You feel burning inside of your body. The, the actual organs in your body are inflamed because you have spit yourself in the anointing. And that is why when the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus, he said, I felt something go out of me. And that's what happens. If you've ever worked a 
a prayer line, you went home tired. If you've ever sang in a praise team, you went home tired. If you've ever prayed in the altars with people, you went home tired. If you've ever preached a sermon, you went home tired because that is exactly what the anointing does. It is like oil. See, this is a good portrait of the anointing right here. You fill something up with oil and you set it on fire. And the longer it burns, it drains the oil down until there's nothing else left. And after a while, the vessel is empty and it has to be filled back up again and set on fire again. So if you're looking for the anointing, that's what it looks like. That is why some people are about half full, some people are totally full, and you get different results because of where they are in their anointing, but it works the same with everybody. Whence God sets you on fire, the anointing is the hot move of God. Everybody say the hot move of God. That's why we have towels, and that's why we have bottles of water, and that's why we have prayer claws, and that's why we have air conditioning systems, because to operate in the anointing, you have to be set on fire. And when you're set on fire, it pulls the oil up until there's nothing left. But that is not how the glory works. The glory is times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. When you leave a service where the glory has settled, you can say what David said. I can run through a troop and I can leap over a wall. When you leave a service where the glory has settled, you can't wait to get back. I remember remember when my wife and I were dating and Perry had that revival in Daisy, Tennessee. I was so glad that revival went on, what, what, eight weeks? I was so glad because my first date with my redhead was at that revival. And that means I got to date her just about every night for eight weeks because we were there almost every night. And you know what? We were full-time college students. We were working jobs so she had a job, I had a job. We were full-time college students and we would go to revival every night. We wouldn't miss a night and we could not wait to get there. And we would stay there till midnight and drive all the way back to Lee College, which is what it was called in those days. We'd drive all the way back to Lee College. We would sleep a short night get up, do a whole day of school, and we could not wait to get back. Why? Because the anointing refreshes you. It is times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. And so that is why when the glory came into the temple, the Bible said that when the glory came in, the priests could not even stand to minister. It wasn't about them saying anything. When the glory came in, it wasn't about the anointing. When the glory came in, it wasn't about anything they were about to say or anything they were about to do. That is why God gave us this portrait. The priest just fell out on the ground. When the glory glory came in and the glory of God refreshed them. Wouldn't you like to be in a service where you walked in the building and you were slain in the spirit before you ever got to your seat? Wouldn't you like to be in a service where the preacher was walking to the pulpit and the glory of God came in and no sermon was preached because he was laid out on the floor and God's glory hit the room and everyone was healed and people were filled with the Holy Spirit all over the house that's what happens when the glory of God comes down. It's different from the anointing. You see, the anointing is the hot move of God, while the glory is the cold move of God. 
That is why you have the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. So you saw both sides of God. In the daytime, God was cool. That's glory. That's why it's called the glory cloud. At nighttime, God was hot. That's the pillar of fire. And so God was showing two sides of his anointing. That is why the Bible says the initial anointing of God before he started using people was walking with God in the cool of the day. So you may think you're cool, but I'm telling you, nobody's more cool than God. And when God decides to get cool, he will refresh everyone in the room. When God decides to move in the glory, he will walk into the room and transform it right before your eyes. And people will leave there with more energy than they came because they've seen the, the hot, the hot, or the, the cold move of God. See, we get confused about that because we're so used to the anointing. We think everything ought to be wide open as loud as we can get it and hot, hot, hot because that's what the anointing looks like to us. But sometimes if we would just take a deep breath and realize that God is near, I think sometimes God God can move upon a crowd and just wave his hand over us one time and we would have energy to run on for a solid week. How many of you would like to be in God's presence when he shows up like that? I think that's what the next move of God is going to look like. When God came on Mount Sinai, he showed up two ways. He showed up cool, then he showed up hot. He showed up cool in a cloud that covered the mountains, and then he set the mountain on fire. He showed up both ways. God walks in the cool. That's why he says in the book of Revelation to the church of Laodicea, he said, my problem with you is you're neither. You're not in the glory, and you're not in the anointing. He didn't say that cold was bad and hot was good. He never said that. He said, I wish you were either cold or you were hot, but you're nothing. You're just religious and you make me vomit because you're religious. He said, you don't have glory and you don't have anointing. You don't have either one of these moves of God in you. And that's why God said, it makes me sick. So when you look at the glory of God settling, we have to go to the Bible, which is the only true source of where we get our information. So we're gonna look at the word, the Hebrew word for glory in the Old Testament is the word kabod. Okay, now there's a lot of ways to spell it. Like every Hebrew word, it's according to how you use, what diction you use and which version of Hebrew you're using. But this is the word kabod. And here's what kabod means. Kabod literally means to the, the glory of God that you can feel. So it's like a weight. So I want somebody to touch your neighbor and kind of press in like that, okay? All right, that's Kabod. It means I just felt something. How many of you have felt God before? How many of you have felt his presence settle on a room before? I, I love it when Perry says, I felt like something just flew by, you know? And, and that's very true. That's very real. How many of you felt like something flew by before? Have you ever been in church or praying or worshiping and you just felt like the room shifted? Have you ever been in the presence of God before when the minister was ministering or someone was singing a song and it was like all of a sudden everything in the room got heavy and you could feel a reverence come over the room like a weight. When the kabod of God is present, you 
feel it. Don't let anybody talk you out of feeling God. Don't you let anybody tell you it's just emotionalism. Everything we do in the world is emotionalism. We vote out of emotionalism. We show up to work out of emotionalism because we like the emotion of getting paid better than the emotion of not getting paid. So when God's presence shows up, yes, you're going to feel it. You're going to sense it. And that is why the kabod of God is so important. When you get to the New Testament, you have the word doxa in the Greek. And the word doxa means the same thing, basically. It's the word glory. So when you look up words of uh, uh, glory in the, in the Old Testament, you're going to see kabod. When you look up word glory in the New Testament, you're going to see the word doxa. But the rabbis had a problem that they needed to solve because it looked like all glory was the same. It looked like all glory of God's presence was the same because you always felt it. But they said, what do we call the glory of God that is not just felt, but it is seen? What do we call the glory of God when God shows up in a physical form? When God shows up as a light, as a fire, as a cloud. What do we call the glory of God when God shows up in a tangible form? Would you like to see God in a tangible form? Do you realize how wrecked you would be if God walked into this room right now, not in his, not feeling him, but if God suddenly showed up in this room like a cloud hanging over this room. Do you realize how messed up you would be? You would never be the same again. I'm telling you, you would sell everything you had to get that again. You would go wherever you had to go to get that again. And that is what Shekinah means. Shekinah means I saw the Lord. Not just that I felt the Lord. Shekinah says, I just saw the Lord. I saw something in a tangible, physical, tangible form where God shows up and his glory was able to be seen. So they created this. So the burning bush, Shekinah, God shows up like fire. The pillar of cloud, Shekinah, God shows up like a cloud. God shows up like a fire. The, the Ark of the Covenant, Shekinah, where God shows up as a glory cloud. And actually in the, in the Holy of Holies, it was a thunder cloud. So if you ever read that, it's lightning and thunder. And that's how God shows up in the Holy of Holies. Tongues of fire set down upon each of them. Doxa, yes. Fire, yes. But Shekinah, God says, I want you to see something physical in the upper room. I, I know you heard the sound of the rushing mighty wind. I know you felt the quaking of the room and the presence of God, but I want you to see something that is imprinted upon your optic nerve, that is imprinted upon your head. I want you to physically see something where you can never be the same again. That is Shekinah. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. 
or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you. And may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word.